1: Coming to you from an entrenched barricade, deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us
2: on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And if you didn't join us for the first part of this uh, podcast on the regular show, we've been talking about our words for the year. Our friend Rodney reminded us that we need to talk about it. We are all so very grateful <laughs> <laughs> to Rodney for that reminder. Uh, and as as we talked about in the first show, some of the people shared what what God's been doing with them for this year. And so we're going to continue that topic and get to the people that didn't get a talk in the in the first uh, segment. And we'll continue on with uh, Jim. But before I do that, the word for the year is something Robbie brought to us from from. Um, uh, Wild at Heart group that they did it for a while and, and they still do it, but he learned it from them and then he kind of brought it to our group and it's you just ask God at the beginning of the year, right before the beginning of the year, what's my word for the year, you know, and you kind of stay in that prayer until He gives you a word and then you spend that that year entering into that word with Him to say, okay, what's that really mean? What's that mean in my life? Why are you bringing this to me? Why is this the topic that we're unearthing now? That type of thing and let God just work on that throughout the year and so we come to Jim. And for Jim to talk a little bit about his word, his clip that he brought with it, which would you like to do first? Would you like the clip first or would you like to talk first?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I start. I wanted to start by saying that uh, I was like you. I was sort of, oh yeah, my word. But I, we not only have Rodney, Rodney, th- Well, we do have him to thank, but I was thinking Robbie to thank for this being brought to us but he has made it possible for me to at least remember my word all year long mm-hmm. because it's his name mm-hmm. not Robbie and this is something I actually picked up from a leadership book that we were doing at my church and when he brought it in I was familiar with it but I'd never heard it with wild at heart and it has been a very powerful thing and uh, we are gonna start now go to the Clip, which is—it's an interesting thing because it's uh, from a movie called *Defiance*, and that's pretty close to the opposite of my word. Let's run that clip.
0: Yes, give it. Give it to me. You use this on yourself before you let them take you.
3: Why are we stopping? A soil. They're alive. Someone take her, take her. They're coming. <laughs> They're coming. Why aren't we moving? Huh? We must keep going. To there? It is impossible. Nothing is impossible. What we all have done is impossible. Tuvia! The troops are coming. God will not part these waters. We will do it ourselves. But how? Not by miracles. We will do it together by our strength. You take the rope from your pack, give it to me. And you give me your belt, quickly.
2: It's not enough rope, soil.
3: Then we will link arms, we make a chain. But if someone slips, the strong will take care of the weak. Give you keeps... me your belt. Give me your, your belt. Give me your belt.
0: Give me your belt, here. Take these. Use this, too. I
2: have a belt.
0: Here.
1: Okay, that, I probably should have set the, mo- the clip up a little more, but this is from the movie Defiance. If you haven't seen it, you should. But this is a group led by three brothers that really were just sort of thrust into the leadership of saving a large number of Jews that were running from the Nazis during World War II. And when this clip starts, or the beginning of the clip... He is taking a handgun from a young lady and telling her to use it on herself rather than being captured and he's lost heart. And they've also lost part of the group including another brother who is the one that comes up and and gives the speech about doing things there. But they're, they're stuck between men that are trying to kill them and a swamp that looks impassable and it really was something that when I saw this and I looked at a lot of clips trying to decide where to go with this and the faithful word is very important because it's not I mean it is about my faithfulness but it's more about God's faithfulness and you we know the first Corinthians 13 faith hope charity or love these three the greatest is love which we've covered but faith and hope to me are intertwined in a way that without faith we have no hope and i was talking to a brother at lunch today and he has had a rough year and as you know andy said earlier that's something that all of us have been going through but he also said he has never been more content than this year. His wife left him, he's got health problems, but in the midst of that, he recognizes the faithfulness of God and faith, and he has faith in him. And if you don't have that, you don't have the hope. And that was kind of where I went with the word today. As I got the opportunity to revisit it, because I like Sam and everyone, but Robbie have sort of let that slide. But uh, I don't want to do that anymore because that has been a very significant uh, journey this year, off and on. And as my friend said at lunch, you know, this has been a year where, against all the odds, looking what's happening in the world and all the things that are against us i've probably never had more hope and more faith in the faithfulness of our creator
2: thank you jim andy um you have a movie club and uh and your word and which would you like to talk about first um I guess uh, I'll
0: open it up just a little bit, just talking about the Word. The Word was abundance, and just to start out, when I heard that, I think Robbie had that a year or two ago. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, I'll just say, there's there's sometimes it's always taken with the the context of just physical prosperity or financial prosperity, and, and uh, I think it's so much more than that. When Jesus talked about in John 10, 10, that he came that me, we might have life and have it more abundantly, You know, I've always liked that scripture and I felt like it was good, but I don't know that I always really lived it out because I think I was too focused on the evidence of it, of of actually the outcome, not necessarily of just of being, I guess. And so um, I thought last year, winding it down, I thought God was going to restore some things and I was kind of stuck on restoration, but I kept praying because I didn't really have a confidence and a sense that that's what my word was. And I can't even remember. It was like I remember I was turning on an exit somewhere on the road and just abundance came. And it was just one of those things. I just knew that that was a word. Now you guys are talking about some of them that we haven't necessarily walked it out and given it focus or whatever. but And I haven't as much as I have. I don't put it before my eyes like Robbie does on on an everyday basis. But what I will say is that um, I've seen the fruit of it and it's come in a different form than what I thought. And really, it gets down to really just more of a confidence, confidence, kind of like you were talking about, Jim, just a confidence and a settleness in God that I haven't had before. And, and COVID has, and all the stuff that's going around in the world today, I feel like it's just, it's prepared me much more of just being settled in that abundance that He gives, you know, abundance of peace, abundance of joy. Not perfect. I still struggle with the things, but things don't take, seem to take me out or haven't this year like at other times. You know, something doesn't go right, and you get in depressed and get in a funk for a couple of weeks. I will say this last couple of weeks, probably more so that, that and that than any, but I really have sensed just an abundance of God. And it goes back to, if you heard the first show, uh, Rodney talked about Sonship, but you, these guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about Sonship, but I feel like I've come into Sonship more this year, more than ever. So now that I've totally <laughs> explained what my thoughts were on um, Abundance, let's listen to the clip. It is from Forrest Gump, Sam's fra- favorite movie Absolutely. of all time. Yep, there we go. Um, but it's it's really, it's where um, the storms come. Actually, Lieutenant Dan is frustrated with Uh, God and kind of uh, you know challenging God on some things but right before that they couldn't get any shrimp everybody else was doing good in the shrimp business all the other competition and Forrest says well let's just pray this storm comes and Lieutenant Dan you'll hear him he's up on top of the mass yelling at God or whatever but God works it out to where abundance comes to both of their lives and it's pretty funny
3: no shrimp where's this God of yours It's funny Lieutenant Dan said that,
2: because right then, God showed up. Now me, I was scared, but Lieutenant Dan, he was mad.
0: Came through here yesterday, destroying nearly everything in its path. And is in other towns up and down the coast, Biola Battery's entire shrimping industry has fallen victim to Carmen and has been left in utter ruin. Speaking with local officials, this reporter has learned, in fact, only one shrimping boat actually survived the storm. Louise! Louise, there's forced.
3: After that, shrimping was easy. Since people
2: still needed them shrimps for shrimp cocktails and barbecues and all. We were the only boat left standing. Bubba Gump Shrimp's what they got. We got a whole bunch of boats 12 Jennies, big old warehouse. We even have hats. Let's say Bubba Gump on them. Bubba Gump Shrimp. It's a household name. All right, that's a good <laughs> clip. I'll give you that one. <laughs> I do like that clip. Yeah, in the movie. yeah and
0: it really, I, I, I found it today and it was like, you know, that's really a parallel to our lives. You know, we cry out like, God, why haven't you done this? And the storms of life come. But then He, sometimes he turns it out, or a lot of times he turns it out to where we get an, uh, an incredible amount of abundance in, in really finding him and finding his ways or whatever.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd seen a, a meme the other day. I think that's what you call them. <laughs> and it was like Head Forest and... <laughs> Um, his mom, mm-hmm. which was uh, yeah. what's her name, Sally Fields. Sally, yeah. Sally Fields, and then in the question mark was Burt Reynolds, really his dad, because you know, <laughs> Burt Reynolds in that movie. Yeah, yeah, to see smoking the band yeah, to right. get that reference, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I'll go ahead and go because I have a clip, and then we'll get to, to Danny because Danny's kind of newer with the group, and he didn't have a clip with him today because we didn't uh, tell him about it until <laughs> late, late late in the week. And explain the whole concept to him. We were really bad about that. Uh, my word for the year was believe, belief, believe, you know, kind of both of those words. And and I haven't done much with it. And I was really kind of feeling conviction, kind of pointed some of that anger at Rodney <laughs> for bringing up the topic. No, I wasn't angry. I was going to say, oh man, here to September, almost, you know, midway through and I haven't done anything with it. And so as I started to pray about it because the show was coming up, I'm like, oh, better pray. And God was reminding me of the, the times that he has been dealing with me on this word, even when I didn't know it. And so I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from the movie Unbroken. And in this clip, you've got the two brothers. You have uh, Louis Zamperini and his brother, I think it's Pete maybe, are out. Um, and, and the older brother has seen Louie take off running when he was in trouble and realizes he's got some real talent. So he makes him go out running, and he's riding a bicycle beside him. And he listen to the interchange there. He's, Louie's not real happy about being out running, but I want you to listen to the interchange, and we'll come back and talk about it.
0: This is so dumb. Since when were you so smart? Come on, faster. Why? No one's chasing me. I'm chasing you. can't do this,
1: Pete. I'm not like you. I'm nothing. Just let me be nothing.
0: What are you talking about?
1: I can't make a track team. I didn't even know why you, yes, you wanted to- Yes, you can.
0: If you could take it, you can make it. What? If you can take it, you can make it. All right? You train. You fight. Way harder than those other guys, and you win. You get out from under them. Or you keep going the way you're going, and you end up as a bum in the streets. You could do this,
2: Lou. Just got to believe you can.
0: I don't believe. I do.
2: And that, that begins, you know, obviously with him not believing, but if you follow the true story, uh, the book is so much better than the movie. Not a big fan of the movie, but the book was amazing. And in and, and Louis' story, he goes on to be an Olympic athlete, right, in and, and, and distance running. You know, I mean, and he makes it through amazing things that you say, how in the world could anyone ever survive those things? Well, it was founded in this little interchange with his brother. You know, important enough that it was in the book, important enough they put it in the movie, but it really came down to what he believed to be the truest things about himself. Right? And so back a couple weeks ago, you know, Robbie was prompting the group, which Robbie's really good about doing, and I like to give him a hard time about it, but I, I really do appreciate it whether I tell him that much or not. You know, he was, he was prompting the group on how that he asked Jesus uh, every morning, you know, Jesus, um, how can I love you today, right? How, how can I love you today? And so, you know, we were having a conversation after the radio show, and I'm like, I've never prayed that. Honestly, I've never, concept never even came to me. He's Jesus. He doesn't need anything. You know, I mean, that, That's kind of my whole mindset. He, he's God, he didn't need me, he didn't need that. And so, as you know, God has a sense of humor, that night, you know, I go to sleep and, and I wake up wide awake, it's like four in the morning, and it's, I'm not Ron Robbie hours, I'm on, you know, regular people hours, and I'm like, it's not time to get up yet. So I'm laying there, and obviously I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep. And I'm like, well, thanks, Robbie. I might as well just ask the question now. (laughs) And so I said, all right, Jesus, here we go. How can I love you? And right away, he's like, you could treat your own heart better. And it floored me. I wasn't really expecting that. And and the more that I thought about it, and he reminded me of it this week when I said, God, I haven't really focused on it. He said, no, no, we've had this conversation. (laughs) Right? part of your problem with how you treat your heart is where you let your beliefs go. Mm. Yes, I am a sinner saved by grace. I understand that. But if that's a sum total of what I am, I'm very easily able to slip back into sin. Right, But when I realize I'm a redeemed, free son of the Father and live my life out of that belief, wow, things are a lot different. And it really comes down to how I want to believe Not just that day, but that part of the day, that moment. I mean, it really has to go down to that level. What am I going to hold to be true? Because, you know, the the greatest distance, they say, is between your brain and your heart. I mean, I really do know what's true. I just don't always live it. Right? And I got to get that connection, you know, cohesive between the two. That, yes, what I know to really be true, what it says in Scripture, what God's shown me time and time and time again— Are the things that really are the deepest beliefs. And so that's a part of why he's had me focusing on that word, because there's still some beliefs that I need to break through about myself primarily. This is more focused on me, on what how I see me. What do I see in the mirror? Right. And I'd love to see I always like that guy. Most of the time I don't. You know, if I'm being very honest. And not because I don't believe I'm likable. It's just I know the thoughts I have. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm the only one that hears all my thoughts other than God, right? And so I know that person. And so that, that belief for me is really, really important, of uh, something to focus on. You know, we talked at the beginning of the show. I made the point of how can you take a year and focus on a word? So far, I've taken 57 and built up beliefs. <laughs> you know, it may take me 57 to break mm-hmm. through. I probably won't be here that long, right? But it's going to take at least a year to break yeah. through some good ones. And so that's kind of my story. I haven't spent that much time on it consciously, but I don't think God's let me forget it either because it's constantly been in front of me in one way or another. Now, I don't know if this means anything, but I keep hearing the Doobie Brothers, what a fool believes. And I'm thinking (laughs) that's probably him just saying, what do you really believe? Yeah, anyway.
0: Well, well, part of it is, too, I think sometimes, Sam, when God gives us a word, we have a certain responsibility to go act something out. But if he's given it to us in grace... It's his job. It's more of like he gives it to you, and he says, "Go see what I'll do." And I think part of that is what I experienced was, is I I do think there's something to be said for being more intentional than what I have been with it. But that I also feel like there's a grace in it that he gave you the word. He gave me the word, but that was my word. That well, was what he was going
2: to do in my life. You know. Mm-hmm. So. And I, and I do thank Rodney for bringing it back up because yeah. honestly, it's given me a hunger. Yeah. That I'd kind of forgotten about. Yeah. And yep. say, so, okay, God, why did you really give this to me? And and now let's get back into those things, I believe, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and focus on those things that I do that that, that hurt myself <laughs> in one way or another. Now, Danny, now this whole word concept just kind of came to you this week as far as we were talking about it, the way we do it. So <laughs> would you like to share a little bit about where God's got, taken you so far?
3: Yeah. Um, I had to respond to the email, okay, what are you guys talking about? Because <laughs> I, they may not know, I came to the boot camp, the spring boot camp that was in the summer. So, <laughs> and uh, so and then in this whole process, me and my wife relocated from lower Asheboro, like Seagrove <laughs> area, to King, North Carolina. So, my word has been, I kind of backed into this thing. So, I was like, okay, what are y'all doing? Okay, I didn't pray the prayer at the beginning of the year. I have no idea, so... I think, okay, God, what have you been teaching me? Because I don't pay attention to them. I always tell people I have spiritual ADD. Oh, <laughs> look, a squirrel, you know, or something like that. So I've been looking, and the word that came to me was release. And and I was thinking about what, what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. There's time and a season for everything. And, and the hard parts of life for me are when seasons are over because – I never wanted the ball game to be over. I never wanted the party to be over. I don't. I love things that go on and on and on. Conversations. I love to talk. And I found the end of the year last year, the season at a church I absolutely loved, a community I absolutely loved. The season was over, and it was a little bit of mourning, if you will. But and then I find myself engaged in this wild at heart stuff again. And then I discovered that there's these crazy bunch of guys that do a boot camp in North Carolina. And I think
0: Darren called, them, called us dysfunctional. The new dysfunctional yeah, friends. Right. So, uh,
3: yeah, that's the new three <laughs> words for the year. Um, and so what I, what we found is, I mean, in the midst of a global pandemic, my wife and I sell our house and buy another one. And we totally relocate. We leave church. We leave family. We leave everything, not like across the country, but to us. I'm an old North Carolina boy. I've never lived outside of North Carolina. Um, been outside of North Carolina, but never lived outside. And so it's a whole new world, a whole new community. But the, the beauty of it is, is with you guys, is you are my new dysfunctional friends because my old ones were dysfunctional too, <laughs> by the way. So, the, I hope they're listening but, because I love the fact that guys are guys and to be released from a ministry that, that, you know, me and Jim Viddy started. And when I walked away, it was peaceful. It was not a, I wasn't mad at anybody at the church. I wasn't tired of doing ministry. I wasn't, it was, I knew the season was over. And I was kind of like you saying, when we went to sell our house, it was an old farmhouse. And I thought, the inspectors are going to show up and this gig is going to be over. No, they going to say, no way. You know, that kind of thing. Surprised you're still living here and so but he comes in a few things wrong they list the house for way more than i thought it was worth and it sold for that price and i'm like wow and then you know we walked into another deal up in king and lo and behold our friend darren lives is building a house about a mile away so wow. i'm thinking about selling out and moving a little further i
2: don't know, I just, I don't know. Yeah, you'll so, definitely feel more like that as time goes <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did have a burning question hearing that story. You do know King is still barely in North Carolina, right? Yeah. Okay, just yeah, checking.
2: Yeah. yeah, one of the things you said... I've been, I've been accused of running toward the border of Virginia. I don't know. I don't. One of the things you said in the, in the pre-show, though, when God releases you from something, you're also released to something. To something. Yeah, can you explain that a little bit?
3: Well, what has happened in our lives is we are... My wife, she she's not going to listen to the show, she's this man's show. But oh. she says um, that uh, the ministry became the other woman. I basically had an affair with God in her eyes, if that's possible, I don't know. But I understand what she's saying. So what we've been released to do is, because she kind of got away from church, kind of got away from the whole thing for lots of different reasons, not just me, but I contributed my share. Um, and now we're engaged in another church. We're engaged in life again together. We've been married for going on 18 years. And both of us, this is our third marriage. So we're released to starting all over again. It, it Our whole marriage we've talked about the next 80 years. We never changed the number. Because we're going to spend the next 80 years together. Mm-hmm. And it has become a release to discover a whole other world together.
2: Well, thank you, Danny. I appreciate it. Well, guys, we've got a couple minutes left. Um want to ask you a quick question. Jim, I'm going to point to you first. What are you going to do differently these next few months than you did the last nine months with this topic?
1: Wow. What I'm going to do is, and it's posted on the inside of my office and on my window of my car and i'm ignoring that too is be (laughs) is be intentionally obedient okay so i'm going to add this to the list where of things god's told me to do and i let slide because i know he loves me anyway Mm -hmm. and it really is i mean i was approached earlier it can be a real problem when you're comfortable with god
2: Mm -hmm. so andy what about you
0: so thanks, Sam, for putting me on the spot again. Hey, but, uh you, you know. chose to sit there.
2: So <laughs>
0: <laughs> comes with a territory. Uh, I think probably just being more intentional about it, um, looking for ways that God is providing abundance in himself, in his spirit, in um, ministry, in, even in finances, the things that we kind of avoid around there, but all of those things and praise him for those things and look for an opportunity to take it in, roll it into next year. A lot of the times these words tie in together from year to year.
2: Yeah, I think they pretty much always do so far for us anyway. I guess for me, I'm just gonna put a couple reminders. I'm gonna put one on my mirror when I get home today that says, what do I choose to believe today? I'm gonna put it in my phone, I'm gonna put it in my car, I'm gonna put it in places that I have to look at it and make the choice to not be obedient. And for me, I'll choose to be obedient, I think most of the time. You know, I'd love to say all the time, but that wouldn't be true. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that because at least it's a step in the right direction. And so I want you guys to challenge me on that next week and say, I want to see a picture <laughs> of that on your mirror without you in it. Okay. But anyway, uh, go to maskandjourney.org. This is the Truth Network.